Forty forecast early November episode sixteen. I'm Ralph Pino, forty four Fanolis, with our co-host Josh Dallin. What's up, man? How you doing, Ralph? Pretty good. Um, I'm kind of tired from today. Uh, yesterday, uh, the coach, the the team that I coached, the Kellenberg girls varsity volleyball team had. Well, let's let's. Um, oh, we're not even gonna go talk ahead. about that. Well, no, we we haven't discussed this on the podcast. So you're an assistant coach. Of, oh yeah, uh, we, I've Kellen- never right. So give kept a brief, it on the low. Kind yeah, of. keep a brief and in- give a brief introduction of your coaching responsibilities. And all right, well, how the season has gone, and and then wrap it all up. Well, with- really quickly, I used to coach about ten years ago when I was still in my early years of college, and then I kind of gave it up because I was coaching my old high school, and I just wanted to separate myself from from the school. So then, ten years later, I kind of wanted to get involved. From one day at the beach, I saw people playing. Beach volleyball. I reached out to my old coach, who just so happens to still be the coach there. And not to interject, but you say beach volleyball is one of the hardest sports to play by far. Yeah, you you say I I say it's one of the hardest sports to play. And you say by far, and then I find that a ridiculous statement. That was beach volleyball by far, no less one of the hardest sports to play. It's on a beach. It, it should be. We're it talking about seem like a very hard sport. We're talking about two and two. There's the sun and the wind. And, Top Gun style. And it's ridiculous amount of skill set that you need to understand before you can even compete and be good. So there's so many people that are indoor good volleyball players that doesn't translate the same thing to the beach. You have to cover so much of the court. Okay. Think about it. Okay, that. you gotta cover you gotta cover a lot of the court. Indoors is sixes. Beach volleyball is only two on two. True. So it's nuts. Okay. So think about it. You're the only one person that's passing, and if the person is passing, right? And there's only three contacts allowed before you have to hit it on the other side. The person that's passing, in other words, bumping the ball, is going to have to hit. You know how much energy that takes? Just thinking of that alone. Doing sure. that over and over and over again. It takes But you're time. on the beach, you're you're just wearing short shorts, you know. You're talking about barbecue shorts. beach volleyball. I'm talking about the real deal, holy field. Alright, alright, alright. It's a hard sport to play. Alright, get back to, to coaching the girls. Yeah, so I just came through, I went to go volunteer, and I didn't think it was anything crazy. Uh, I met all the girls, I guess it was kind of awkward because I haven't really coached in a long time, but after the first game, we kind of looked at each other like, wow, we have something special. And then um, we had a 16-team tournament, we won that, had another 16-team tournament, the next week won that, and then we started getting uh, ranked uh, one of the best teams in Long Island, and we were undefeated for a while until we had these two Pretty heart heart wrenching uh, losses, uh, but we were riding pretty high all the way up until the uh, the finals, where we uh, beat a Saint Anth- uh, We were playing a Saint Anthony's team that we already beat. Uh, we ended up losing a heartbreaking loss um, in five games. We were even up ten to five, uh, ten to four, I think, in the last the last set. Yeah, but we couldn't even right, the championship match. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't matter. You all the girls, they know that I love them. Um, I'm, I grew so attached to them. I care about all of them, each and each and every one of them. And I don't know. I just love them as people, and they'll always be champions to me. I'm just a little bummed. I couldn't believe this is the first team that I've been so emotionally attached to. I guess because they're such a good group of kids. They, they had a great season, and they they fell short in the championship game. But it takes lots to get to that point. Right. And I guess I guess I shouldn't feel that way because I really didn't have any expectations other than just helping out. In the beginning of the season, kind of just took its life, a life of its own. Yeah, but you know, all good things come to an end, and I guess I, 
Uh, I gained a lot of new young friends, and hopefully I can still mentor them as they grow older. Yeah. Anyway, what else you want to talk about on this list? All right. Um, you recently saw Jay-Z in concert. Jay-Z, Kanye West, watched the... I want to tell you why I have beef with this concert. Aside from the fact that they have certain performance songs that they always do, such as Jay-Z doing Dirt Off the Shoulder, Big Pimpin', those yeah. are always main staples on one of those. Uh, yeah, it sounds sounds great. That's yeah. what I want here in a Jay Z set. Sell out arenas, whatever. That's what he plays. The beef that I had was he released these these ticket the the, the tour dates or whatever, and he had two dates for Izod Center. Nothing else in the tri-state area. And then I find out, lo and behold, a month ago, they they had uh, tickets for Madison Square Garden. When I could have just got those. Mm-hmm. Those things are, are expensive. Even if you go to the Izod Center, which is not like a third tier, it doesn't even uh, yeah. it doesn't even house any professional teams. You got haul ass to Jersey. Haul ass to Jersey. Crazy amounts of traffic. At least they fixed it since the MetLife got built. But we had the fork like $150 tickets each for, for, for those tickets. And then you find out, it's like a, it's a slap in the face when you find out Madison Square because I know there's a lot of suckers out there that was upset that they went to Izod Center. Yeah. And then they, they find out they have an MSG concert. And then they end up getting suckering to buy those tickets as well. So they probably saw them yeah. twice, paid $300 for the same exact show, thinking mm-hmm. that something special is going to happen in Madison Square. So wouldn't that lessen your beef with being at the Izod Center since the Madison Square Garden show did not have uh, anything super special made to black style? You know what? I don't know what it is about the garden. Um, I know a lot of people think it's the Mecca um Everyone thinks that's, that's they pretty. just they just they just renovated. So did uh, they didn't finish renovating it? And is, is there renovations right, to get a little off topic? Is there renovations anything the average seat holder would notice, or is it just luxury boxes? Well, they're doing that bridge and across the ceiling, so you could watch a uh, bird's eye view of the games now. What? Yeah, you just stand in the middle of the game. Uh huh. That sounds pretty nuts. That's gonna be nuts, especially with alcohol involved. Yeah, well, <laughs> alcohol involved makes, makes all kinds of shit wonderful. Right. Uh, but, li- like they say, it's the world's most famous arena. There's a, a certain tinge of So aura. that's not really where the source of your 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 sort of beef with the concert is. I'm mad because I feel like... You would have liked to go to MSG because it's closer to you. You already stated that there wasn't much of a difference between the eyes odd concert. Well, I haven't heard. I, nothing is confirmed to me that the Madison Square Garden show was so special that he came out with. I right, don't know. Twitter didn't explode because because there would have. It would have right. been oh my god, Mary Rihanna, J. Blige came. Mary J. Right, oh my god, uh, oh Beyonce my god. came out and she's pregnant. But he made she's up crazy with, in love. He made up with Beanie Siegel. Right, yeah. right. None of that happened. So, so what's your beef? If the crazy shit didn't happen in MSG. My beef is that I think I'm so oversaturated with how many times the frequency of how many Jay-Z and Kanye West concerts that I've been to that I kind of already know what he's going to play. I already know that he's going to get off the stage, he's going to play his latest single, and then he's going to come back and play Encore. Is that something that I should know or, or should I should we start switching it up? I mean, Encore, that's sort of, it's sort of built in that that would be the, the song to come back on stage till. That's what it was made for. It reminds me of my, my time in Vegas. When I used to live in Arizona, I used to frequent uh, Vegas a lot. And I noticed that when I went to a club, they played a certain, certain songs in a certain order. And I felt as though everyone in the crowd got hyped. Now, 
when you go to Vegas, you normally go for like two to five days, nothing crazy, and you go to different spots. But if you're there constantly and you see the same exact show and you see the same sequence of songs, it's just like, it's not even fun anymore. You want things yeah. to be a little bit more different. Especially when you're seeing a Jay-Z concert. Why? Jay-Z has a huge catalog. You should be able to switch up his set pretty yeah. pretty easily. Yeah. He doesn't switch. He doesn't deviate too much. But I got a chance to watch them perform live to watch the Throne songs. That, that was delightful, I thought. So, it was okay. I mean, if you haven't seen a Jay-Z concert, it's something... It's like the Grand Canyon. You have to see it. You have to see Jay-Z at least once. Because he's, he's definitely uh, one of the master live performers i think of his time but um i don't know switch it up young hove cool uh, i mean it sounds like it was good show to see and uh from what i saw from the footage it seemed like a really cool stripped down arena show not so much of the bombast and no just the really if you want to see a good rap concert yeah 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 one one thing I I definitely did notice was that Memphis Bleak, which is usually his hype man, Bleak. indefinitely. Uh, you know what I'm really fond of saying in a variety of contexts. What uh, saying somebody's one hit away, one hit away his whole career. Still, yeah. still he's one email away of coming to that concert, but he wasn't there. I guess they really <laughs> wanted to showcase. He was one email away. Could've that been that's what Jay Z says. He says you don't even rock with him. He just emails him and says be here, be this, and then he buys the the, the plane ticket and he's there. Yeah. So, that was that was rather enjoyable. No, a Memphis bleakless Jay Z concert. That's so rare. I don't know. It'd be it'd be comforting to see Memphis bleak just to know the dude's all right. You know who's who's one hit away right now is Joe Paterno and everybody at State College mm -hmm. Pennsylvania right now. Uh man, these allegations are ridiculous right about now. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for Joe Paterno. Why know. he he sort of knew that Turn the uh, other his, cheek. his DC was uh, doing little boys in the butt. I'm just sad because my man is 84 years old, and he I know he should have retired a very long time ago. He should have, but that's probably the only clearly thing that's, doesn't have all his faculties with him. That's probably the reason why he's still alive, though. Yeah. And I feel Andy like, Rooney just died, and I'm pretty sure he died because because he, he stopped taken away from his 60 minutes. Stop microphone. telling his thoughts. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the only reason why I'm concerned. But still, it's hard to feel bad for Joe Paterno when he's sort of a guilty party in this whole scandal. Yeah, and especially when he was like 73 when it happened. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The young, tender age of 73, but I don't know. I, you I know guess... who I feel bad for? Who? The Jerry Sandusky who does Redskins games. There's another Jerry Sandusky, Ooh. and he now has... The notoriety of being the same name as a guy who's currently embroiled in a child rape scandal. Right, so that's, that's pretty much the the worst thing you could ever ask for somebody who's the same name as you to get embroiled in a in a child rape scandal. I used to work with a guy named Seth Berkowitz, who who's the uh, the son of Sam. Ah, <laughs> uh, Berkowitz. Um, also, it's also it it reminds me of somebody. There's somebody out there that's that's probably in the range of. 20 26 25 and their name is katrina mm -hmm. and for the most of their life the, the the name was cool and then once that hurricane hit yeah her name is fucked yeah that's ridiculous you know uh, the thing that your name can go through throughout the course of your lifetime Infamous. like all the the poor adolfs in the 50s right what other names are retarded now you can you can name your kid napoleon 
Yeah. If if you name your kid Jordan, you know where the inspiration comes from. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Yeah. That kind of sucks. Wish I could come off the more off the top of my head, but uh, <laughs> you don't want to be an Adolf in the fifties. Josh is only creative in the designs. Yeah, give me give me a minute and some. All right, let's move on. Well, just just to say the Penn State, my heart goes out to all the victims or whatever, but they need to get this shit resolved, man. It's looking sloppier and sloppier by the day. And, What's uh, up with the uh, attorney general that uh, got killed like a few years after? You hear that story? I did not hear about uh, that. Yeah. Uh, some people went to him about uh, the evidence about Jerry Sandusky in the early 2000s, and he turned up dead. Oh, wow. Like a few years later. I'm not surprised. I, I feel he's getting away with, with all this craziness. And I can't believe he's uh, presuming his innocence. It would make a crazy CSI episode, all that it crazy shit State College. I think what's even more amazing is that he... Uh, I looked up on Twitter. and Well, not on Twitter, on Amazon. That he has an autobiography called Touched. <laughs> that came out about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh, I see a, a notification on my iPhone. Uh, that Paterno was out at Penn State. Right now? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was getting pretty ridiculous. Need, kind of needs to be gone. That's Breaking all. news on the podcast. Yeah, wow. Woo! Joe Paterno, he won't be able to retire on his own terms. Yeah, He's... I mean, if, if he knew that this scandal was brewing, he probably should have gotten out before this would... He should have known this would have tarnish his legacy at the end i thought that was he pretty this was coming i thought that was that where he was actively covering it up i mean i don't know i don't much as i don't have much much uh sympathy towards show paternal as you do ralph oh no man i just i'm just looking at it as he's an old dude he probably will have nothing else to he's live 84 for. i know 84 that's... years old he really Shouldn't be doing this job. This is true. But what else is he going to do? Yeah, he's going to die in three weeks like Andy Rooney did after he oh, left 60 Minutes. That's not a good thing to say. Yeah, I know. It's dark territory. Speaking of dying, the NBA season looks it's like dead. it's dead. Yeah. Well, it's it's on life support right now. It's on day like 135 now. Well, every time they go to a meeting, they say this is going to be the meeting that solves the issues. And then they come out worse than they were before. Well, the latest it was going to be all things basketball revenue sharing was going to be fifty one forty nine. Yeah, players get fifty one percent. Right, not good enough. So they're going it's back. It's like to the a fluctuating board. thing between fifty one and forty nine percent. If the revenues go up, the player share goes up. If it goes down, the players go down. It's annoying, man. It's what's so annoying is that a year ago today we were all laughing at the Heat because they kept messing up. Mm-hmm. They had this crazy losing streak in the beginning. They weren't playing well. Yeah. And now I'm watching NBA TV. I'm watching the 1987 Western Semifinals, Game 4, Los Angeles Lakers versus Golden State. Which it was real back then. Yeah, they had no labor disputes. They weren't making any money that, like the way they are now. Mm-hmm. So it's just annoying, man. Just get the shit done. I'm, I'm sick of watching these like charity games where there's no defense and they... LeBron scores 46 points because I want to see him in the finals. It amazes me that they report the scores of those games. I really don't think they should keep track of the score in those games. I really question. How about Kevin Durant playing flag football? Did you see that one? Yeah. He disqualified his fraternity that he played for for the championship because the other frat said, you violated a rule by having him play. But the other frat's like, bong, we played with Kevin Durant, so go fuck yourself. I guess that's worth it, right? I think it's worth it. You don't care about a championship at this point? 
I mean, I gotta think that it means something to those guys to have that frat championship. Yeah, but they play with Kevin Durant, so they probably have a picture yeah. of that. So it's it's up to you, listener, to decide whether you'd rather have a frat championship or play with Kevin Durant. <laughs> All right, what else has been going on? I've been reading that Steve Jobs book. Yeah, it's a uh, biography by Walter Isaacson, who was former. Uh, I think he was like the editor of Time Magazine before, and he was on the board of trustees at CNN. And Steve Jobs kept it real. Steve Jobs definitely kept it real. Right now I'm at a point where uh, the Apple II just came out, which was like their first major uh, simple design. That computer sucked. Yeah, that computer sucked in 2011 <laughs> terms, but I guess in 1977 terms it was I mean, It sucked when we were kids in a classroom. We had an Apple IIe. That shit can do fuck. Well, now if you look at it, when you think about the floppies held... Uh, like You would have to insert a disk and then tell it to do something. It held and 200 then, kilobytes. Yeah. And we so thought that was wack. a lot of space, but yeah, he was an asshole, man. He was an. I even just finished a chapter where he got his girlfriend pregnant, had a kid, and he denied it for the longest time. Well, when he died, there was a lot of a lot of people saying, "Listen, it's not to harp on bad shit, not to be a dickhead here." But a lot of people said, "You know, yes, everybody who dies deserves a nice obituary, but let's point out the fact that." Uh, he was a really difficult person to work for. Uh, he didn't really care too much about difficult labor conditions in China. And he's not anywhere near as philanthropic as, as some of his billionaire peers. A lot of people wrote a lot of conflicted obituaries along those lines. And as in the book you're reading, it seems to confirm that he was kind of a dick. He was definitely a dick, man. He didn't take showers because he believed in his diet that he was doing called fruitism. And he didn't think because that he lacked meat or whatever that he didn't need to take a shower. Everyone was complaining about his hygiene, yeah. denying that he got this girl pregnant. Uh, he blew all his, his parents' money. Went to school, dropped out, went to India. So he just was doing whatever the hell he wanted. I like it. He was keeping it real. He was definitely keeping it real. And I think what's great about that is that he's um, taking out all the skeletons from the closet and putting it out there. I didn't want to see anything that was just... Because I feel like everything is so all about him, mm-hmm. looking at him in a good light. So it's good to see him as a, a human. And sure. I know that that ruthlessness... It definitely produced greatness. Everybody pretty much has an iPhone. It seemed like 70% of the population has one now. iPod. Right? I mean... Hey! My wife just walked in. Hello, Ida! Hi. Say something to the internet. Huh? We're recording for the internet. Look at this iPhone. Oh, she's, she's getting shy. Anyway, you want to wrap it up here, or do you want to talk about Drake for a minute? Well, let's just talk about Drake for one second. It's soft, son. The, the new album just leaked. Take Care, supposed to come out November 15th. Originally, it was supposed to come out October 24th, but he couldn't get sample clearances. Uh, so it just was supposed to come out November 15th. November 15th is not here. October 24th has already passed, mm-hmm. and it's all over the World Wide Web. And Josh thinks it is soft. I don't really mean that. I don't really mean soft in an, in, in an insulting way. Although I can definitely, you could definitely, I, I would definitely use soft as an insult. But in this case, I mean it as, it's an R&B album. There's only about two to three rap songs on it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely leaning more towards his R&B side. Right. 
And Ralph, you had very high expectations for this album. Well, I like it a lot. I think it's the true sequel right. to uh, his mixtape that got him all the prominence that he has now. So far gone. Mm-hmm. I thought Thank Me Later wasn't as cohesive, and I think this was a, a cohesive effort by him. So I really like it, and I like his singing more than his rapping. So that's just me. Cool. All right, this concludes the podcast for tonight. For Josh Dowling, Pino44, signing out. Peace. Peace.